tickets for Freedom Summit Chicago are on sale now at freedomsummitchicago.com. That's freedomsummitchicago.com. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy and uh, President Trump was uh, back out on the campaign trail in uh, Evansville, Indiana, home of the Purple Aces. Yeah. Also home of uh, future Senator Mike Braun. That's a That's key right. pickup opportunity for Republicans. And uh, talked a little bit about uh, the FBI and the DOJ and uh, his patience is uh, running thin. All I can say this, our Justice Department our FBI at the top of each, because inside they have incredible people. But our Justice Department and our FBI have to start doing their job and doing it right and doing it now. Because people are angry. People are angry. What's happening is a disgrace. And at some point, I wanted to stay out. But at some point, if it doesn't straighten out properly, I want them to do their job. I will get involved, and I'll get in there if I have to. And speaking of jobs, he said, you know, Jeff Sessions may be out after the midterm elections. He spoke with Bloomberg News. I'd just like to have Jeff Sessions do his uh, job. And if he did, I'd be very happy. But the job entails two sides, not one side. Yeah, Sessions, he gone after November 6th. For more on uh, this topic, we're pleased to be joined again by our friend Dinesh D'Souza, the author and uh, filmmaker, Death of a Nation, The Big Lie, Exposing the Nazi Roots of the American Left, Hillary's America, Obama's America. Death of a Nation is re-released in theaters this Labor Day weekend, Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll get all the details on where you can see that from Dinesh D'Souza, who joins us now. Dinesh, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Uh, hey, it's great to be on the show. Yeah, very excited about the film uh, expanding out. And, of course, I have a book of the same title, Death of a Nation, in the stores now. And uh, the website, again, where people can find a theater and uh, Oh, yes. Sorry. Just go to yeah. death, uh, com and plug in your zip code, and it will tell you where the movie is playing. Uh, so take some friends and family. Go see it this weekend if you haven't already. Yeah, so why the re-release this weekend? I mean, it's great news for you and for people to see this film. It's, it's a perfect time. It's a big holiday weekend. Theaters like to have a movie that has, you know, a, an, an audience. And so 600,000 people have already seen the movie in the theater. Um, Regal and AMC and Cinemark know the movie has an A rating. It's 90% plus audience rating on, on um, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and so, you know, it's a movie that people love to see. And this is a good time to see it. So uh, the theaters were, were happy to open their doors. And, of course, we're happy to have it in more theaters. Well, it's, uh, it's good to hear. And with the, um, the expansion of categories at the Oscars, um, you're sure to be Oscar-nominated for this, don't you think? Uh, you know what? I, I've just ordered a new tuxedo for the very purpose, <laughs> and I'm working on my speech. Yeah, it's very uh, yeah. You know, uh, let me make a comment about what you guys were talking about with Trump, because I think what's going on here is Trump is, slowly beginning the process of trying to retake control of his own Justice Department. Now, it's really odd because the Justice Department is part of the executive branch. Uh, But one of the great accomplishments of the left was to pry the Justice Department loose from Trump. Uh, And of course, looking back, I think Trump has not made a whole lot of big mistakes, but one of his big mistakes was not to fire Comey and Rosenstein on day one. Had he fired them, he would have replaced them. He would have his guys in there. We wouldn't be talking about any of these dudes. 
but the fact that he didn't do that gave them a chance to basically become a thorn in his side for two years. Well, uh, the suggestion is that um, by Chuck Todd yesterday, uh, making news so people can, you know, it's suggesting a bombshell is coming today. Uh, he's trying to get people to pay attention to him. It, that is, uh, you know, this is the last day before the Labor Day to November 6th Election Day window. And so Bob Mueller is going to be silent in that window, more than likely, according to the conventional wisdom. And so if there's any going, going to be any new development to discuss, it's going to happen today. Uh, very interesting. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, I do know that this is a this is a very bizarre situation because it's very clear that the left's attack on Trump is a migratory attack. Uh, you know, it's let's get him on Stormy Daniels. Okay, that's not going to work. All right, let's now try the Russia collusion. No, that's not going to work. Well, maybe Cohen's plea deal will open the door to a campaign finance violation, which is you know hard to imagine because after all, Trump was largely funding his own campaign. So either way, the any money that went was paid out of Trump's pocket. So I don't think that's really going to go anywhere. But it's but the the degree of hope that is vested in an attempt to somehow overturn the result of the November 2016 election. I mean, it's to have this going on two years since that election is very abnormal. I, we I just uh, got in uh, a little bit earlier in the show. Got into a bit of a row with a caller because I had suggested that uh, uh, the real collusion going on. Based on the evidence culled to date, has been the Justice Department and the FBI that Trump was talking about in Evansville colluding with, and I should add, former Obama administration officials with unmasking that we still haven't gotten to the bottom of and the like, colluding to to stop Trump or to uh, impair and to then impair him when he uh, was successful and did become president of the United States. Is is it fair to say, based on what we know with the senior leadership of FBI and DOJ? that there was collusion going on to stop Trump? Yes, and I don't think that people like Peter Strzok would do it on their own because they're seasoned enough and experienced enough to know uh, that if the guys on the top would disapprove, they would be out of a job. Uh, Strzok in one of his emails says that President Obama wants to be completely appraised of everything that's going on. So it's very clear that there was a wink-wink business going on uh, Obama, Holder, and the FBI. Uh, the president was at the very least informed of what was happening and approved of it and allowed these underlings to run amok in the way that they did. So, yes, I think that we have seen, to sum it up, a gangsterization of American politics that occurred under Hillary and under Obama. Uh, and we're living with the consequences of that now. What really mystifies me uh, and, and disappoints me is the degree of media collusion with these guys. In other words, the degree of media collusion with the police state. In other countries, like my wife grew up in Venezuela, in Venezuela, the, the sort of the fascist government has to go beat up members of the press to, to sort of uh, uh, muscle them into subordination. But in our country, the press is only too happy to become the propagandists and cheerleaders of the police state. Now, what is your take on uh, DOJ's fourth in line, Bruce Orr? Well, here's another murky, shady character. And again, t- think about the media. The very day that Orr is testifying before Congress and, and behind closed doors, big flattering article about Orr appears in the New York Times. Yeah. I mean, it's almost as if Orr has propagandists working at the Times and says, OK, guys, I'm going to go in for my hearing. Let's have a flattering profile of me appear this very day. Uh, this, I think, is disturbing. I mean, a, a democratic society relies on a fiercely independent press. And by independent here, we mean independent of the government 
and holding the government accountable. Here we have the shadiest of shady characters, and yet far from getting skeptical treatment, he's, he's getting the sycophantic genu- genuflecting treatment that is more descriptive of what can be called a courtier press, like the courtiers at the French court. Their job is to essentially do genuflections and worship the king. Well, Lori, but but I mean, this is the we were talking uh, before you came on about uh, Pope Francis and the, uh, uh, the the sex abuse scandal still roiling the church, and this is what the left does. The, the ideology trumps everything. It trumps their independence, their professional responsibilities. It even trumps their faith, uh, and it and it, it it trumps rooting out predators. Uh, we've got the story today about NBC trying to spike the Weinstein story. We've got uh, the left running interference for Pope Francis because he's because it's conservatives who are calling on him to resign or at least to answer legitimate questions that were raised by this testimony from Archbishop Vigano. And uh, and 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 it's the same thing as you're describing with uh, with Bruce Orr, that, that, that the pursuit of power over others trumps everything. Once you start hearing people saying things like, you know, and I don't remember the name of the cardinal who made this statement that, gee, you know, we kind of don't want to get down this rabbit hole of sexual molestation. Oh, because that's our cardinal. You know, our cardinal. That's our Chicago. Well, yeah. We should be oh, working okay. on climate change. <laughs> that's a really important thing to do because the Earth's climate has changed one degree over 100 years. Uh, and the fish are getting, are really beginning to feel the, um, you know, they're, they're really beginning to feel the heat. Um, no, this kind of stuff is beyond belief. I, I think that this stuff is, is getting through to the American people in various ways. I mean, look, um, they've been calling Trump a, a neo-Nazi sympathizer and a white supremacist for two years. And yet his support among African-Americans, according to Rasmussen, is over 30 percent, three times higher than that of any traditional Republican. So what this tells you is that this media narrative, although they're throwing an awful lot of mud against the wall, it's possible that not a whole lot of it is really sticking. Uh, one other thing, just going back to the uh, the Trump matter and the Mueller investigation, I thought the news out yesterday that Giuliani is uh, leading the legal team to compile their own report, their own uh, uh, delineation of what has transpired in this investigation uh, into Russian meddling in the election. And I thought that was a a very smart tactical move rather than wait for Mueller to issue some kind of report and then be on your heels responding to his chapter and verse, uh, present your own evidence and let that drive the conversation. Yes, I I agree. I think that that's a smart idea. I also think that Trump is is being very effective in highlighting the, uh, the double standards that are involved here. Because, see, at the end of the day, justice isn't just a matter of did you do it. Let's say, for example, that the Trump campaign did have a technical violation. They did use campaign funds uh, to pay off this woman. Wait a minute. These campaign finance violations are very common. Uh, Obama was the Obama campaign was fined for campaign irregularities. This has happened, of course, many times in the past. In my own case, for example, I got pursued by the federal government for a technical campaign finance violation. Here's Rosie O'Donnell a few weeks ago confessing to five consecutive campaign finance violations. In theory, there are five U.S. attorneys who could file charges against her tomorrow, but not one has even mentioned doing it. Why? Because in general, these cases, when, when, they're absent, when there's absent corruption, um, they're not pursued in that way. Mm. Um, just want to get your take on uh, what we see happening with 70 days to go before the, the uh, midterm election. So uh, the Gillum victory in Florida, another, uh, you know, uh, proud cheerleading socialist, 
do you see uh, candidates like Gillum backfiring on the Democrats or uh, are we to be concerned about uh, a, a move hard left in response to Trump angst? Well, I certainly do think it is a midterm, and I do think that there's a lot of anti-Trump uh, energy out there. Uh, now, that anti-Trump energy isn't necessarily socialist. Uh, it is the energy of people who say things like, we want you know, a kinder, gentler America. We want the sort of cordial civility of the Reagan era back. And you know, there are a lot of Republicans who feel this way also. Uh, but uh, I don't think that this notion of appointing sort of extreme left-wingers is going to pay off. In fact, I think it might mirror what conservatives were doing a few years ago, nominating candidates in, you know, in, in essentially um, a blue state. Uh, who couldn't possibly win the general election uh, and then taking a beating. Um, so uh, I think that could very well be the fate of the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez crew. Now, she's, of course, in a liberal district and might win. Uh, but I think that in once, once you start running statewide on the, on, on the socialist platform, uh, your hopes are not all that strong. He is Dinesh D'Souza, Death of a Nation, re-released in theaters this weekend. Go to deathofanationmovie.com. Type in your zip code and you'll find the theater near you where you can see it. Dinesh, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line.